0: Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Wednesday, November 15th, just after midnight, right after the conclusion of Kansas and Kentucky. My name is Josh Mullinex. On today's pod, two high-level games at the Champions Classic and a big road win for the Marquette Golden Eagles. It's all right here, right now, on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Doring is here with me. Josh, it was a very good night of hoops in Chicago at the Champions Classic. We had two really nice games to get into, starting with the early game. The Duke Blue Devils, a 74-65 win over Michigan State, and they bounced back from uh, last week's loss to Arizona.
1: Yeah, we talked about after that game not getting a lot from the bench, not getting a lot from the freshmen, Well, Caleb Foster said, hi, here I am Mm -hmm. and completely took this game over. And to me, there are two things that stand out here. One was Caleb Foster. These are two very similar teams in the sense that, right. Everybody's excited about the combination of the returners and the, these loaded freshman classes, the freshmen overall weren't great outside of Foster for either team, Mm -hmm. but Foster was phenomenal. That was the difference there. And then, Duke shot 30 free throws Michigan state shot 12. Ultimately it came down to those two things for me.
0: You know, Caleb Foster was pretty non-existent in the, the Arizona game, you know, and I, I didn't watch the, the first game that Duke played. So after that game, I had this moment of wait, what about, what about Caleb Foster? We talked about him plenty in the preseason. And of course, 18 points on seven of eight shooting. I wasn't exactly expecting in this game, but it's you know, we we've seen three games from Duke, and he's had 15, 0, and 18. So he's gonna be a, an important part of their of, of their bench production. And Duke is one of those teams that part of their ceiling was their was the freshmen that were coming in, of course, in the recruiting class, in the recruiting class that they had. It was really important on a night where the other backcourt. Guys for for Duke were not very good at all and not not super efficient. I mean, Tyrese Proctor, Jeremy McCain, and Jeremy Roach in the starting lineup went six of twenty-two from the field. So Caleb Foster's punch uh, off the bench was was much needed. On the Michigan State side of things, um, the shooting didn't get much better. Six of nineteen from the three-point line. Ty- Tyson Walker kind of took over this game in the second half for a long stretch and was part of the reason that, that Michigan state even had a chance to win this game as we got towards the under four timeout of the second half.
1: Yeah. And, and we call also had a good second half. This is pretty simple for me from the Michigan state side, you know, what Tyson Walker gives you. You also know that this team isn't great if it's just Tyson Walker. Mm-hmm. So AJ Hogard has not had a great start to the year. Or Malik Hall. Somebody has to start delivering. And then the second part of this is this this team is getting all of the hype with the assumption that the freshmen are going to play a a big role and be a key part of that. Mm -hmm. The freshmen are not contributing in in a major way right now for the most part and did not in this game. That's what you're holding on to if you're a Michigan State fan, is that this team – and this is exactly what I expected. I'm not – no. Did I think they were to lose to James Madison? No, although James Madison's
0: a very good team. You should but, never lose to James Madison at the Boston yes. Center.
1: Right, right. That was unexpected. But the idea that it hasn't looked great, I'm not surprised by. Because we've talked about this and talked about this. Last year, repeating last year is not getting this a top five, making this a top five team in the country adding what you had last year to an even better Tyson Walker and AJ Hogarth plus the freshman is what gets you to a top five team in the country. That's not Mm. what they have right now. I don't think it needs to be more complicated than that.
0: They would the performance for everybody outside Tyson Walker. I I'm convinced they would be a bad basketball team if he wasn't on the team right now. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the, the makeup of a team that was supposed to be a top five team in the country, the late game, in Chicago this evening was maybe the best game of the season thus far. It certainly has uh, ha- has a ha- has a case. It was an 89, 84 win for the Kansas Jayhawks over number 17, Kentucky. There's plenty to talk about in this game. Uh Kentucky's Kentucky's toughness, their three-point shooting in the first half, kind of bouncing back when they when when they did get a shot from Kansas, or just the fact that. Kansas had the best player on the floor, and Kentucky didn't really have anything that they could do with them.
1: Yeah. And ultimately, there is only so much you can do when your three seven footers are not able to participate. Right. <laughs> Which is where I just, to me, you got to take the positives from Kentucky and not worry about this. <laughs> the ball movement, particularly in the first half, and a lot of those threes were coming off of really good passes. Rob Dillingham starts hitting threes. Antonio Reeves knocks down some threes. Now he didn't have any fishing game. He just took a bunch of shots. But he made some threes in the first half. And they they had it. And then the three stopped falling. And Kansas continued to dominate the interior with their two really good interior players. KJ Adams had a really good second half until he fouled out. Mm-hmm. Hunter Dickinson just grabbed every rebound and, you know, was getting upwards of 30 points. I mean there is no solution to that problem until Kentucky gets all of its size back. But outside of the fact that Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard made some really bad decisions at the end of the game in those final possessions mm-hmm. and Kentucky looked like a team that hasn't been there before, because generally speaking, they haven't, you've got to feel really good about how this looked. I was impressed.
0: Yeah. I, I think it it came down to exactly what, we thought it was going to come down to with a Kentucky team that their tallest guy was 6'9". And that's you have the second best, the first best, one of the two best big men in the country this year in Hunter Dickinson. And he went to work and the other two most proven commodities in college basketball. DeWan Harris at the point guard position and Kevin McCullough just being a jack of all trades and going 12-10-10. Ultimately was just a little bit too much for a young Kentucky team. But I agree. I come away feeling better about John Calipari's team than I did uh, coming into the champions classic.
1: And Dewan Harris had some uncharacteristic mistakes, but then also hit every three-pointer he took. So
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: had, you know, the best offensive game in his career. So that was kind of strange too. But the fact that you you hung in there with the bigs doing what they did. McCuller doing what he did and Harris doing what he did. Again, that's a real positive. The last thing I want to say, I know Kansas scored pushing 90 points. The other thing in that first half that I still have reservations about, but it was particularly defensively. There were a couple occasions where Dickinson went to double somebody and just didn't get there fast enough. And all of a sudden it was a very easy pass or a pass to a pass for a wide open three. I am still not in love with this too big lineup and I'm still not convinced it's the best version of this team, but it was enough on this night. And obviously the size size it in a game, this is the one to do it in because the other team did not have any of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last on the list this evening, champions classic always delivers and and did so Again in 2023. Last but not least, on the docket, Marquette rolls into Champagne against a top 25 team in the Fighting of the Line Eye and get a 71-64 win. And the best point guard in the country goes for a cool 24-4 and six on a bum ankle.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have known it watching him play. I mean, Mm-mm. he carved him up. <laughs> he was fantastic, and. They just did enough. They got a bunch of points in the paint, kind of survived some of Illinois' shooting. Illinois had a really good stretch at the beginning of the second half where they actually started being aggressive and not just settling for threes,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: it stopped. And all of a sudden, it went from Marquette having a comfortable lead to the game being very, very close to Marquette having a comfortable lead again. It, I don't think it needs to be more complicated than that. And on the Illinois side, the big – Take away from me, there's no shame in losing to Marquette. Obviously, you need somebody to help Terrence Shannon in this game. It was Marcus Domask, and he looks like he could be that guy. And if you get that kind of production from those two guards, plus Coleman Hawkins, plus everybody else, you're in business. If you're Brad Underwood,
0: as long as you get it from the guys that you didn't get it from. In big games. I mean, yes, in theory, Coleman Hawkins is one of those guys. He right. had five points on two of nine. You know, th- those two guys that you mentioned, they were, you know, it's not like it was It was crazy good. Those two guys were 12 of 29 from the, from the field together, and there were only five total field goals from the rest of the starting lineup. So it's not, you know, it, you're in business in the sense that you're probably a mainstay in the top 25, not that we're really talking about you as one of the premier teams in the country
1: yeah yeah there's a, clearly a gap between these teams and Luke goody was also very very productive off the bench that's a good mm-hmm. sign for Illinois as well because you're going to need you're going need those pieces but I mean Marquette looks like Marquette there just isn't I feel like that much to say about it because it's exactly what we expected they're just right. really good you probably would like to see a little bit better defense but they weren't spectacular defensively last year either what they do is they run a really really good offense and they did so again in this game
0: the the only thing i'll i'll mention for marquette is we talked about with guys, you know, with david joplin moving into the starting lineup and the bench kind of needing a new boost where does that come from you didn't get a ton of it in this game uh you got you got 10 total points from the bench which isn't horrible but it's not it's not great and It'll be something to monitor as we go deeper in the season with Marquette.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Anything else, Josh?
1: Want to recognize Mikhail Williams, 42 points for LSU. That's a bomb. Interesting developments with that team and everything that happened with Angel Reese apparently getting benched as a coach's decision and Mikhail Williams casually dropping 42 points as a freshman. So some interesting things happening for the defending national champions on the women's side
0: that's all uh uh, as we are recording live on the stream right now uh the 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 University of Southern California is down 31 38 to UC Irvine they are nine of 35 from the field right now that's um that one is tough so we'll monitor that and we'll see uh see what comes of that but that is all we have for you this evening that's the under eight podcast for tuesday november 14th it is early in the morning on november 15th just after midnight be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows and follow the under 8 pod on twitter tiktok and youtube thanks so much for being here and we will see you tomorrow